is up. It's The Rant. My name is Jeff Ratcliffe, and it is Friday, July 30th. We're about to do it, man. August is basically here. Fantasy football draft season upon us. And, you know, this is the time of year where a lot of people wake up from the fantasy football hibernation, right? And I get it. I totally get why people tune out the NFL. Not everybody gets paid to cover the NFL like I do. So I get it. I get it. After the season's done and the season, man, the fantasy football season, it is a marathon, but it's also a whole bunch of sprints. Every stinking week is a sprint to get to Thursday and then to get to Sunday with your lineups. Every week. And you burn out. A lot of people do. I've been there myself. Burn out by the time you get to the Super Bowl, you're like, eh. I'm going to start paying attention to something else. I'm going to tune out for a while. Maybe you check back in for the NFL draft, but largely you don't pay that much attention, right? And I get it. But this is the time of year where everybody's back in full swing, and this is the time of year where everybody really gets fully caught up. Some people don't. (laughs) The guy who shows up at your fantasy football draft with a magazine that he bought from like Walmart 10 minutes ago. Yeah, that guy's never going to catch up, but, but largely most people are catching up right now. And... A lot of people get caught up on the big name rookies, right? You know, at this point, it's not going to be a surprise to anybody when Najee Harris goes in the second round, right? Jamar Chase is going to be drafted in the middle rounds. Kyle Pitts will probably be drafted in the fourth or fifth round. Trevor Lawrence will be drafted in the late rounds as a late round quarterback. You'll see Travis Etienne and Javante Williams drafted, what, round four or round five in 12 team leagues. Devontae Smith, people know who he is because he won the darn Heisman Trophy. Even Jalen Waddell, because he played for Alabama, they know who these guys are. But there are a lot of other rookies I think we need to know. Because every year we see rookies who surprise. Even guys who have somewhat bigger names. I mean, look to last year. Okay, obviously Jonathan Taylor, he ultimately delivered. He ended up being a top 10 fantasy running back and he was lights out down the stretch. Even though the beginning of the year wasn't that great, he did deliver right? And he was a big name, and people knew who he was. They didn't necessarily know who James Robinson was, and obviously he finishes the top 10 fantasy option as well. Came out of the woodwork. Justin Herbert, people knew who he was, but I don't think anybody really believed he could be a big-time fantasy factor. Finishes QB 10 and probably went undrafted in your league, or leagues plural. Justin Jefferson, a first-round pick, but he was an 11th-round ADP. And obviously, he took the fantasy world by storm last year and came as a as a bit of a surprise. So that's what I mean. They don't necessarily have to be completely <laughs> under-the-radar guys like James Robinson to be rookie sleepers in redraft leagues. Now, I'm not talking to the dynasty crowd right now. And if you're a dynasty person, I see you. But I'm not talking to that crowd right now. I am specifically talking to the redraft crowd Who are guys who can be sleepers outside of Najee Harris, Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, Lawrence, ETN, uh, Javante Williams, Devontae Smith, or Jalen Waddell? Like, those are the biggest names. Who are the guys beyond that who can possibly have uh, a big fantasy impact this year in their rookie season? So I have five guys I love. Rookie sleepers who I love. And we're going to start it with the guy who I I think I love the most, the guy who I'm going to try and target as many leagues as I possibly can, especially uh, in one quarterback leagues. Two quarterback leagues might be a little tricky, but I'll still try and target him. 
Uh, but his name is Trey Lance. And I'll tell you why the difference is, by the way, with one quarterback and two quarterback. But let me just you know, frame this first and foremost. I am saying Trey Lance and not Justin Fields, even though the drafting public is collectively drafting Justin Fields ahead of Trey Lance. I think this is happening for really one major reason. Right now, Justin Fields, by the way, ADP quarterback 19, Trey Lance quarterback 22. I have Trey Lance ranked at 18 in my rankings. I have Justin Fields at 23, so I'm basically reverse of ADP. Why is this happening? Because people know who Justin Fields is, largely, and they don't know who Trey Lance is. I mean, they know that he was the number three overall pick, but they don't know him unless you're following North Dakota State which, by the way, he only played one game last year because the FCS didn't have a season until the spring, you probably don't know Lance. But it's hard to not, even if you don't pay that much attention to college football, it's hard to not know who Justin Fields was from Ohio State from the last two years. Big name guy. You know, we even saw him at the high school level in that show QB1. You know, documentary style profiling him as he was in his senior year at in the high school level. But when you look at things, well, Lance was taken third overall, 11th overall for Fields. And I know we could, you know, I'm not going to get into the debate of like, well, this guy is better because he was taken higher. No, not necessarily that. I'm looking at it from A, opportunity, B, surrounding cast. And every single year we see a quarterback who was drafted in the top five at uh, overall who we head into training camp and we hear that the veteran is the number one and every single year whether it's Justin Herbert I know it happened because of medical but he was going to take over anyway or uh, Daniel Jones taking over Eli Manning we could go back through the years every single year that top five pick is going to be under center by the end of September so I don't think we're going to have to wait very long Whereas I don't know how long we're going to wait. I think it's ultimately week four for Fields as well. But I'm looking at it from a surrounding cast and offensive system as well as when is he going to be under center. Lance is in Kyle Shanahan's offense, widely regarded as one of the top offensive minds of this generation. And Fields is in Matt Nagy's offense. I don't think I have to flesh that out any further. Not to mention the fact that Lance is a beast as a runner, has a really good arm, It's going to be throwing to... Uh, George Kittle, to Brandon Ayuk, to Debo Samuel. I mean, he's going to take over, and he's going to be a top 10 fantasy option as soon as he's under center. I am targeting him in quarterback leagues because I can get him in the late rounds and pair him up with like a Kirk Cousins to get me by in case he's not the starter. Could be a little tricky in two quarterback leagues because I don't want to go for a couple weeks without him as the starter. That's the only reason why it's tricky there. But he is the top guy on my list. But I do have two running backs and two wide receiver rookie sleepers that I want to get to. So we'll take a quick break, and then we'll dive into the running backs. So this year, outside of those big three running backs, you have Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, both first-rounders, and Javante Williams, almost a first-rounder, an early second-rounder. Uh, There are two guys who stand out to me, and unlike Harris, Etienne, and Williams, you may be able to get them at a little bit of a value, especially if you follow my advice to potentially punt your second running back spot. Now, again, I got to go back to that because people keep assuming that I mean that that is the only approach you take. No, no, no. If the draft gives you a different pathway, you follow what the draft is giving you. Remember, make your opponents pay for mistakes. So if they leave value on the board, then go after the value. However, if you do go a punt RB2 type approach, then 
I think that these two running backs are prime targets in the sixth or seventh round. Uh, the first one is Michael Carter playing for the New York Jets. His teammate at the college level, Javante Williams, has drawn certainly more attention, but Carter's pretty good, man. Now, he is undersized for the NFL level, but he plays bigger than his size. If you go back and watch him at North Carolina, I mean, 1,000 yards in each of the last two years despite splitting time with Williams, and he shows up so much bigger on tape. Like, I, I've often, I've said maybe like an Austin Eckler type is is what I see with him. You know, maybe the absolute peak ceiling would be somebody like Alvin Kamara. I'm not comping Michael Carter to Alvin Kamara. I'm just saying that player style. Like, not a 250-carry guy. More like ceiling of 150 to 180 carries, but also a guy who can catch 50, 60, 70 balls out of the backfield. Better yet, no competition. This depth chart has Tevin Coleman. I'm not scared. Ty Johnson and Michael P. Ryan. Are we scared by that either? I am not. He's already working with the ones. And let's not forget that this run game is going to be very similar to San Francisco because Mike LaFleur, Matt's brother, is now the offensive coordinator. He comes over from San Francisco where he's going to bring very similar concepts, where we have seen undersized backs, by the way, succeed. Raheem Mostert's an undersized back. Matt Breda, an undersized back. Undersized backs succeed in this system. I love me some Michael Carter. I also, speaking of San Francisco, love Trey Sermon. So, again, this is another one where, all right, maybe you know a little bit about Sermon from the college football playoffs last year, but you might not know that, okay, so through his college career, he was kind of buried in you know depth charts log jams basically where he would get on the field but he wouldn't get a, a feature role he didn't truly get that until down the stretch last year at Ohio State but he really was impressive and what I like about it is he ran a very similar system there so he knows this run game he is capable of catching the ball out of the backfield he's not gonna blow you away with speed or anything like that but in Kyle Shanahan's offense there's gaping holes sometimes for him to run through. He's going to be just fine. Now, the original word is that he's going to play the Tevin Coleman role, what we saw Coleman play in 2019 in the 49ers offense, which means early down, A. B, you're going to be splitting time with Raheem Mostert, who is certainly injury prone. And if you've listened to me for a long time, you know I hate that label, but I think we have to use it for Raheem Mostert. He's even wearing a knee brace in practice right now preventatively. Like, that just shows you. And he's up there in age as well. So we could see even an even larger role. But even so, I'm not worried if he's got the early down role in the 49ers offense right from the gate, he's going to outplay his ADP. So Carter and Serban, they're, they're about sixth or seventh round picks. There's going to be close to 30 running backs taken if their ADP sticks. Now, my one concern with both of these guys, and I'm probably not helping here, is that... They start to get a little bit of hype, and their ADP shoots up by the time we get into like the heart of fantasy football draft season about a month from now. Let's hope that doesn't happen. I don't think that's going to happen with either of the two wide receivers who I think are are really intriguing. Basically, I mean, one of them you could do a, a late round, like last round dart, and the other one is more of a late round option, not necessarily just like absolute last round, but both of them after round 10. So let's start with Terrace Marshall, who has drawn some uh, praise here for what he's done so far for the Carolina Panthers in camp. He looks like he's fast-tracking to the slot job. Now, at the same time, 
I'll acknowledge DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson being there in a minute, but what do we know about Marshall? Well, we know that he took over the Justin Jefferson role at LSU last year. He was basically the number one receiver because Jamar Chase opted out. And it does actually have some things in common with Jefferson. He's got decent size. He's got really good speed. 4-4 flat in a 40-yard dash. I know it was hand-timed. You don't have to at me. But still, really good speed for his size. And he is also reunited with Joe Brady, who is his offensive coordinator, obviously, at LSU in 2019. He could be right on the field immediately in three wide sets. Now, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson are the top two wideouts. But I look at Marshall's ability to play inside and out. So while he may be, quote-unquote, slot receiver, he's going to move around the formation. He gives Sam Darnold a big-body target. And as I mentioned, you're getting him for free in the late rounds. So I'm going to toss a dart at him. I don't know if this offense can sustain three fantasy wideouts, but I'm willing to take a shot on it. We know that Brady is, is an offensive wonderkind, as they like to say. And we also know, hey, we don't know what we're going to get out of Darnold as of right now. So it's one of those, it's definitely a roll of the dice, but you could do a a lot worse than taking a shot on a wide receiver like this in basically the last round of your redraft leagues. The other wide out that I do like as a rookie sleeper is Rashad Bateman. He's a first round pick too, mind you. But again, you know, I go back to somebody like Justin Jefferson, who was a first round pick, and we didn't like him as anything more than 11th round ADP last year. Right now, Bateman in about that range. He's going as wide receiver 57. Uh, by the way, wide receiver 66 for Terrace Marshall right now, based on current ADP. Bateman, I, I get it. In part, this is a landing spot thing. He lands in one of the league's most run heavy offenses. I get that part. He uh, also lands into a, a somewhat crowded depth chart, but that I think is actually key. So here, you have Marquise Brown, you have Sammy Watkins, who they brought in in free agency. You have Miles Boykin, you have Devin Duvernay. And by the way, the Ravens keep going back to the well in the NFL draft at wide receiver, so they're obviously not happy with what they have in-house. So they spend a first-round pick on Bateman this year. Bateman should go right ahead of Boykin and Duvernay. And he very well could out-target Brown, who's basically a downfield target, and Sammy Watkins, can he even stay healthy, A, and really, what is he at this point in his career? Bateman could be the top wide receiver target. Now, to be fair, Mark Andrews is there, I get that, and it is a run-heavy offense, but emerging as Lamar Jackson's preferred target among the wideouts, he's going to outplay this ADP. And what I like about Bateman, he's not going to blow you away with speed. He's not going to be a downfield threat all the time. Although, I mean, he ran pretty well in a 40-yard dash in his pre-draft uh, testing. But regardless, it's the Keenan Allen-like ability in the short and intermediate. He can play in the slot. He can play outside. He can win in contested situations using his physicality. Uh, I, I think he's really what this offense has largely been missing at wide receiver. And again, you're not paying anything for him. So if you do... Uh, end up like, say, let's say you you get a bunch of wideouts early on, so you may be sitting there with four wideouts by round 10. Well, you got to get guys like this later on. Guys who do give you a decent ceiling, not necessarily a high floor, low ceiling guy. Like The ceiling is relatively high with Bateman, especially if he ends up becoming a red zone presence for this offense. So we've seen what Lamar's ceiling is from a passing touchdown standpoint. So there you go, Trey Lance, 
He'll be a late-round guy, along with Terrace Marshall and Rashad Bateman in in, uh, redraft leagues this year. Michael Carter and Trey Sermon won't be late-round, but they will be likely around around six, round seven. Great targets among the rookies. At Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter, at Jeff Ratcliffe on Instagram. Use the hashtag Rat Pack. That way I know you are a listener of this here podcast. And also head on over to FTNFantasy.com. That's where you can get... The game plan, my fantasy football draft guide with my draft board. All right, I'll catch you on the flip side of the weekend for another edition of the pod. I'm Jeff Radcliffe, and I'm out.